Hey, Corey, you ever wake up on a nice, brisk, cool October morning? There's frost on the ground and you go to the rugby field because it's a rugby day and it's an important game. And you put on that old ragged rugby jersey and your nipples, they get cold because that brisk wind is cutting in between that jersey and your skin. Or it's the middle of the summer, you're at a sevens tournament and that jersey isn't moving with your body and those nipples get chafed. Corey, what do you do about this? Yeah, you know what? There is something you can do about that because yeah. nobody likes chafed nipples and nobody likes freezing nipples. So if you're an athlete, you know there's no better feeling than putting a fresh jersey on on game day. And what if I told you, Bones, that there was a company out there who did completely custom jersey and logo design for a price that all rugby clubs can afford? Well, look no further, Bones, because we at the Rugby Warrior Podcast are proud to announce our partnership with Union Athletic, an athletic wear company that was founded with some basic principles, passion, pride, and tradition. Union Athletic, custom athletic wear for every sport and fitness endeavor, and they also protect your nipples. Get yours today. Welcome to episode 73 of the Rugby Warrior Podcast. And on today's episode, I'm pretty happy to say that I have a great individual joining me. And his name is Irish McGee. Irish, what's going on, bud? Uh, not too much, man. Just COVID's got us sidelined. Sucks. Yeah, man. That's, I mean, that's where we're all at right now. I tell you what. And in Colorado, the restrictions seem like they're even greater than here in Michigan. So, I mean, all around, all around not great. So for those of, I mean, a lot, I feel like a lot of people that listen to us, hopefully know you already because you are somewhat of a big deal, huh. but for those who don't tell us who you are, what do you do and where do you do it? Uh, yeah, you know, my name's Sam McGee, but, uh, everybody calls me Irish. Uh, I, I'm the president of the, the local rugby club here at Colorado Springs, uh, the Grizzlies. Um, mm -hmm. I also coach uh, youth rugby um, with the, the Terrors. It's the D11 side, um, District 11. And then uh, um, I, I kind of help out here and there with both college side. Well, two of the college sides here in town. I help out a little bit with uh, Colorado College, and I help out a little bit with um, the Women's Air Force team. Um, so I get, I get, I, I make my rounds here in Colorado Springs. <laughs> you're like, you're super deeply embedded in the Colorado Springs rugby community. So the, now the terrors, is that a women's team? No, that, well, it's both. It is, uh, it, it's just the high school. Um, it, it, because we're sponsored through Palmer, Palmer high school is yep, they're, yep. they're the terrors. Um, but it, it really, because uh, it's not a Chasta sport, it, uh, it's it's an all-district, so we can pull oh, gotcha. all-district. Okay, that's awesome. I actually, I knew you were involved with that, but I didn't know I didn't know what that entailed. I actually thought it was just a girls team, so that's pretty sweet. Yeah, and I, I've, I've, I've coached with both. I've coached with, we started both, actually. Me, well, S Scott Amy really started it. I've, I've just mm -hmm. been around since the start of it. Um, gotcha. But, uh, yeah, so... We, you know, like it started with just the men's team and we did, we were, we had the, the little, little guys going, the junior tigers in the summertime. Um, yeah. That was the first use stuff I did. Uh, and I was coaching at Colorado college when Scott was still at Colorado college Yeah, with, with him. And then we built up, uh, and, and when Joe Russert, I don't know if you remember Joe Russert, but that's, uh, Scott's, uh, um, son, mm -hmm. um, yep. when, he, when he started, when he started, uh, kind of middle school playing, uh, we started uh, kind of building up to having a high school team um, so that that those boys, when they came on as freshmen, there was we, we had established a team there. So saw those guys all the way through. And uh, Joe Russert, he, he he's playing up at uh, up Colorado State. So now if I correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure at one point or another, you've played with some kids that you coached when they were like little and then you now, then you played with them when they were Grizzlies. Yeah. And so Ethan, one of my, one of the first teams they started when back when I was in Tucson. So this is years and years ago. So I, I left Tucson in 2011. Uh, yeah. but he, he was part of the inaugural team that we started down there. It must've been 2007, 2008. 
Well, he came back up here, and 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 now he's a grizzly. So <laughs> I got to That's see him years wild. and years later. So yeah, it was, it was really fun when he showed up to practice, and uh, yeah, and I've I've played some of our guys um, that we we have coached more recently, like that crew with uh, Joe Russert and Joe Kamara mm-hmm. um, when they we, we started the Terrors when they were freshmen. Well, they're now college guys. Uh, I I actually got to play well, watch them play uh, open side up in Aspen. Uh, and you know, I was playing the 35, I was playing the old boys, but they were out there. So <laughs> it was really cool to see them play such a competitive tournament. You know, it was really fun. Oh to yeah. Watch. Yeah. That's awesome. And we're definitely going to talk more about coaching and youth rugby in a little bit, but first I want to really talk about you because you're important. So what do you, you have all this rugby going on all the time. What do you do for a, what do you do to make money so you can have all this fun? Ha, I'm a, I'm a high school math teacher and wrestling coach. <laughs> Which like, man, if I could go back in time and have you as my math teacher, maybe I would have <laughs> actually been good at math. <laughs> we could still get you there, Corey. We still get yeah, you there. Right. <laughs> I uh, I just started having to do some like basic math for uh, my the new job that I'm doing here, and I'm like I thought I'd never use this stuff again, and here I am, I'm Shoot. using some of it. Yeah, right. Damn it, I got out of social work, and now I have to use some math. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, you, I played with you for about three years, and it was it was awesome. Like the Grizzlies were. I mean, they were an awesome club. I have very few times, especially in the men's league, felt as good about being a part of a team as I did about the Grizzlies, and it was really hard to leave. So I got to know you guys pretty well, and I wish I would have, you know, been closer so we could have done more. <laughs> but that all being said, I you have you've played rugby for a long time. Yeah, where like Last how year did was you my start playing? Year. 20th yeah. year man yeah. that's wild so uh i've, I've never actually it, with covid that that would be the first time i've missed you know if, if we don't get to start till february uh that'll be the first time that i've missed an entire year of rugby so i've played 20 consecutive years you know wow small injuries here and there nothing major <laughs> knock on wood but right uh, yeah so i started um just ran into some guys in Prescott, Arizona, where I was going to junior college at the time. It's actually where I grew up. And uh, I found out that there was a, there was a local rugby team. There's a college down there, uh, Emory Riddle. Um, it's an aeronautical school. Um, but because it's club rugby, they can take guys of that age anyway. So I, I didn't have to go to the college to play on the team. Mm-hmm. So I started there and it was pretty podunk, uh, rugby uh, you know about a about a year in i was co- teaching people how to tackle and stuff so that we didn't have a true coach <laughs> you know it was pretty ragtag rugby oh yeah and then, yep um my 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 good friend jared stone uh he he was he, he had been um playing football down at arizona western and then he, he th- that kind of went up and he ended up going up to nau not playing not playing football anymore um, but he ran in, you know, I got him interested in rugby cause he had come out and hung out with me a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, so I got him involved with the rugby team up there. And then as I finished up junior college, I ended up to Northern Arizona university and land sharks. That's, that's where I started, uh, playing some real rugby. Uh, you know, I had a real good coach up there. Um, it's a little bit more competitive on the, on the, on the college side of things. So, um, yeah, it was, that was my start was, was playing in college. I, they didn't really have youth rugby. You know, had, had I found it as a as a fourteen year old, I think I would have been into it then too. But uh, right, it didn't really have it till I was about nineteen years old. So, but I uh, haven't looked back from there. I went, uh, you know, I, I I graduated and my wife uh, did grad school down in Tucson. So I, I went down to Tucson and played with the Old Pueblo Rugby. That's a D two rugby team down there. Mm-hmm. Uh, Arizona doesn't really have a D one. Um, you know, they they only have the highest they go is D two down there. But, right. Uh, Anyway, it was it was good competitive rugby. So there's there's three sides that were really good back then. Uh, it was us, um, Tempe, and Red Mountain, and we just kind of battled back and forth to who got to go to nationals down there every year. It would be one of those three sides. Um, but yeah, and then I was down there from 2006 to 2011, and then I got here with the Grizzlies. Uh, mm-hmm. And Grizzlies have been great. You know, good community. Uh, my good buddy Cade and Camel. Um, <laughs> kind of kind of got me in on the social side of all this and 
about two years into being the Grizzlies, uh, our president resigned. And uh, so I, I kind of took over the duties and then just ended up being president, have been president ever since. So that was, uh, yep. that was about 2013, 2000, yeah, 2013 is when I took over as president here. Um, so we recently had our 50th and it was yep. really cool to, to kind of meet up with all these old presidents because it's like, I don't know, I, I, we all have a, a good rugby mentality of play. Um, but the ownership behind taking those admin positions, and I know you, I know you've had some admin positions too, Mm -hmm. uh, that ownership that you take, it's, it's a different thing because you know, you're like, you're doing, you're making the rugby happen, you know, like you're not just doing the rugby, you're making the rugby happen. So it's it's a different level of ownership, you know, and I'm, I'm so proud of the Grizzlies. Like that's some of the best stuff, uh, you know, like the community that we've created up here is is pretty good and we've gotten into you know we all uh, several of us coach the youth and we, you know just go beyond just ourselves and we got the women now involved we we kind of are together under a, a label of springs rugby yeah um we we got a good field over there at flanagan with some good sponsorship with uh storybrook brewery uh right there off the pitch and yes. uh, really been building that community over there. And it, when we, when we first, when I first took over, we were playing at some ragtag team down or ragtag uh, field down in fountain. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, you know, it just, you know, and I can't take credit myself. We did, I've always had a good admin team with you with, with Cade and Scott Mears and all those guys helping out. We've really kind of built the Grizzlies since I got here. So that that's, that's something I'm very proud of is where the Grizzlies are today. Yeah, I I can attest to the fact that you guys built this really amazing community around the Colorado Springs Rugby Club because when I first came out there, I had been a part of a club in Michigan prior to that where like it was not very inclusive, it was very clicky, and I get out there and almost as soon as I showed up, it was like a whole different story. And I think that's a testament to the leadership with you and Cade and uh, I mean, at that time, like Evan was really involved in. Yeah, he's still involved. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, you got you guys had cultivated this really inclusive group because I think part of the really unique thing about the Springs rugby team is with all the like coming and going yeah. of the military people, you won't, you have to be inclusive like that. Otherwise, I mean, nobody, nobody's going <laughs> to want to come play. <laughs> yeah, we I mean, we we, we have guys that. Uh, roll in and roll out in a couple of years and their family, you know, the, mm-hmm. the military guys. And we just want to be a real good inviting place for guys to come. And, you know, you, you're always earning your spot, but even if you, oh, don't yeah. earn that, if you don't earn that top spot, there's, there's, there's rugby to be played. You know, we make sure the rugby happens. Yes, absolutely. Um, so that, that, you know, like we've had guys come through that are very, very talented and we've had guys come through that, we're just learning the game and, and, and not, you know, the first competitive sport they've ever tried was rugby and they had a great time, you know? So I, oh, yeah. I, I think that really is kind of the spirit of rugby and that's what we're trying to try to keep alive. It's, it would be really easy um, to turn into like a, like a Glendale type guy. I don't want to diss on a team too much, but Glendale back in the day where yeah they, they would have guys cycle through, but it was just kind of a mercenary mentality of, Hey, if you don't take the top spot, then you're not really, worth your salt uh yeah but you know like we 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 are we have a, a built up old boys community now and and, and we really just try to ha- encompass the whole thing with the youth and the women and old boys and, and having multiple top side multiple sides open sides yeah um which i yeah. mean that's what rugby's all about right is the fact that you guys are so inclusive and on top of that you've built these community connections where like you're talking about you're working with the youth rugby, you're working with the the women's rugby team, you're working with high school rugby teams and the college and multiple college teams all. And you, and you know what? You're all under the same banner of like Grizzlies. That's it's so awesome. Regardless of the level, it doesn't matter what level you're playing at. Most clubs don't do that. <laughs> so like it's yeah, it's an amazing thing. And I like I like I said, got to experience that firsthand. And so um, definitely an awesome thing. So I want to go back a little bit, though, because Arizona, you're in Arizona. Like when I think of Arizona, the first thing that pops into my head is not rugby. And (laughs) what drew you to like, how did you get into it? How did who who got you into it? How did you get into it in the first place? Uh, You know, just a a couple of, you know, I was a young 19 year old, ran into a couple guys that were playing 
at just a house party in Prescott. Um, and, uh, you know, they started talking about, I think I was actually wearing an Irish rugby jersey at the time, but really hadn't, you know, like my mom had brought it back from Ireland, <laughs> this <laughs> Irish rugby jersey. Uh, and, you know, so that that's what sparked up the conversation. So I had a, I had that rugby jersey before I ever even played. I still have that jersey, but it uh, doesn't fit as well as it used to. But <laughs> <I still> have... <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, that, that's what started the conversation. And then, I, you know, and then I, I, I got out there and really I split my lip open in the first practice and been in love ever since. Yeah, I was gonna, you were hooked. Yeah, because <laughs> you I mean, you were a wrestler and a football player in high school. Mm-hmm. If I remember you telling me correctly. Yeah, that's right. So you were, yeah, I'm sure you were probably looking for that like athletic aggressive outlet. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing, you know, I was, I was 175 pound lineman in high school. It was like, there's not really a college opportunity for me to keep playing, but I was, I was pretty competitive, you know, I was, all, I was an all state guy and, uh, but you know, I was just too little to actually play college football. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, the wrestling, you have to be an amazing wrestler to move on that. Right. Uh, so I was, I was a good, I was a pretty good wrestler and a pretty good football player. And, you know, but uh, my body type was pretty good for, for rugby at the time because we'll take all body types. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> so the, the heart was right. And, I, you know, I, I just fell in love with it right away. So I never looked back. Yeah. So like fast forward now, you said 20 years, which is which is crazy. I mean, 20 straight years. And I was actually thinking about this season. It would have been my 15th year. Yeah. Um, Cause I started when I was 14 and I'll be 29 this year. And this is the first time in 15 years that, you know, there hasn't been rugby yet. So you've played for 20 years. You, you know, you're in your Late thirties, although you would never guess you're in your late thirties. But <laughs> I know. it feels like it. It's a, yeah, right. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure. But you you are still playing at a really high level. Like, I mean, you're still being selected pretty regularly as being a captain of yeah. the of the starting side for the Grizzlies, which being a captain of any side, whether it's D four, D three, it doesn't matter, is a huge honor. So you're oh, yeah. you're in your late thirties. And you're still like a prominent on-field leader as well as an off-the-field leader. You know, how, what's how do you do that? How do you how do, year in and think, year out, especially for twenty years? I think it helps to be loud. You know, I'm a pretty loud guy. That is accurate. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I, I I think it's the knowledge of the game is 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 where you know, like I certainly don't make every ruck like I did when I was nineteen. Um, but as you get older, you play rugby. The reason reason veterans are are um kind of sought after you know guys that guys that can keep playing for years and years are sought after is um that the idea of understanding what's coming next you know rugby's all about mm-hmm. uh that chess match of you're, you're thinking moves ahead instead so you're not going to make every single ruck but you look to where you can be useful next um and I, I think that's a real important part of you know how i coach rugby and that's a real important part of how i play rugby uh, and uh, that that mentality has kept me p- competitive for 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 you know through injuries and everything yeah. else. Uh, I've been yep. able to kind of bounce back because you know I have a good idea of where I need to be to to make an impact. Um, but that 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 would be my answer of uh, certainly why I get to captain is I kind of I, I, my understanding of the game is, is you know I have I have pretty good rugby IQ. Mm-hmm. Um, which helps when you're talking to referees. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. If, if you know the game at least as well as they do, it's, 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 it's helpful. So I mean, but you're still that all being said that you have a, you absolutely have a great knowledge of the game, but you're also still, despite, you know, like you said, some, some minimal injuries here and there, <laughs> but you're still performing at a high level too. Like, I swear to God, I've never met someone who does the tackle like you do, where you just basically <laughs> lay down on the ground and just dudes just go flying over top of you. Like that's, that's... you know, with, with the with the physical stuff, you know, it must be a challenge to kind of keep yourself in. Like, oh well, I you know, I'm gonna probably captain some games this year. Like, I better have my shit together. <laughs> yeah, you <they> try. <laughs> um, yeah, you know, like a lot of that. Um, that low tackle stuff. And, and you see it with the, like guys like Cade too, that snare tackle that he does. Yeah. Is, is the same. 
you know, that's, that's guys with a wrestling background. That's kind of where they naturally end up because when you, when you're a wrestler, you're looking, you know, you're, you're attacking hips or you're attacking lower really. I mean, cause right. you're, you're trying to let control legs. Um, so I, you know, it, that I, I, I try to coach that sometimes, but I th- I feel like guys, guys who have a wrestling background kind of do that similar type of tackle. But to be honest, that's kind of led to some of my longevity. You know, when I was a young buck and I was trying to stick everybody, <laughs> uh, that that's when I really try to trash my shoulders, you know, and I'm still dealing with some of those early injuries now, but yep. as you get older, you kind of, you understand how to, how to mitigate some of that by, by technique, you know, so having a good technique tackle will save your shoulders in the long run. Um, and that's, you know, that snare tag, like I'm guys like you, I'm not going to, I'm not going <laughs> to try to lay out and, 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 and just uh, stick here or anything. Cause it, you, you just got too much power. And it, it happens so quick too. All of a sudden your legs are gone. My legs are going to be gone. I'll be like, what the, what the hell? And you're just like laying there laughing at me. <laughs> <laughs> Got to sweep those legs. Gotta yeah, sweep those legs. <laughs> works all the time too, especially when you're not when you you know you're playing the other team and they don't yeah. you know they don't know you they don't see it coming. It's so funny to watch it happen too. Well, and I think um, years and years of playing with, against some of those Islander teams like Provo. You know, I've been playing against Provo since I was 19 years old. So yeah, uh, and Provo for guys that don't know it. it it is is heavily heavily islander influence so they got <laughs> they got some big boys uh one year we played them you couldn't really tell the difference between their prop and the winger everybody was just <laughs> massive and fast uh so you know to 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 get around trashing your shoulders trying to get those guys you really you really have to have some technique in, in, in getting low on those guys yeah the insane athleticism <laughs> just freakish athleticism like what do they put in the water out there? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> so this all being said, you, I mean, obviously rugby has a big place for you, but if you could put it into words, you know, what and why, like what does rugby mean to you and why is it so important? Yeah, that's a tough one to put in words, but uh, you know, I'm going to kind of try to do it with a story a little bit, you know, when me, when me and my wife got married, uh, had a had a fun little sort ceremony here at Patty Jewett Golf Course, and uh, you know I had the I had the the party there afterward as well. And uh, you know, like as I as we were doing it, and I kind of looked out, and I, I I just saw how how many people were at my. It was a small wedding. It's like everybody that wasn't a blood relative that was there was was a rugby person, and 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 how many great people rugby has brought into my life, you know, and then. I, I feel like you, you play you, you play rugby because you love the sport, but you stick around because of the people that love it with you. You know, that the people of rugby are so amazing. And, you know, like, yeah, we have our toxic guys here and there. And that, <laughs> of course, every anything does. But, yeah, uh, you know, you, you're you're there's a brotherhood that happens. You know, you bleed together, you know, like you, you go through seasons together. You take tough losses together. Uh, you know, that's just, there's so much happens, uh, even in a single season. So, you know, and, and, and I, I'm kind of honored that I've gotten to play with two, you know, down to Tucson, that was a military, uh, heavy side as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I've gotten to meet some amazing people from all over the country. I think I could go to any major city in the country and crouch surf if I needed to. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I, I've met so many people through rugby that, you know, their, their family, even though we, we only talk when we run into each other. Right. Uh, that, that connection is there. Um, yeah. I mean, so. it's, I definitely, you are like, I, with, especially within the Colorado rugby scene, you are what I would consider, you know, a cornerstone and that's obvious, like traveling and meet with all the other teams that we played against. Everybody knows who you are. Everybody knows, <laughs> who knows who Irish is. And it's a testament to you, but like you said, it's also a testament to the rugby community in general, because it is kind of unique in that. And, you know, you go anywhere, you literally can go anywhere and join a rugby team. And if you're not a complete dickhead, you're You're going to have, you're going to have a group of people that will at least hang out and drink beer with you. Yeah. At a minimum, at a minimum, you know, and you're probably, they're probably the ones that help you move when you have to leave. Too, so. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. They're the biggest guys you're going to meet. And also the ones you want to have your back when you've had too many beers. <laughs> yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah. So that, you being, you've 
it seems like you've kind of found yourself in leadership positions pretty often, more often than not within your, within your clubs. And I mean, on top of that, your coaching experience too. So when you look at like how you lead as a person and when you lead a team, whether in an administrative role or on the field, would you say you have like a definitive like leadership style? Yeah. You know, I think, I think guys that I've coached with would say that I, I am the, I'm in the bleeding heart. You know, I, I, I look out for our, our, our softest kid, even if, you know, like try to build his skill. Like I, when I coach, I really try to get everybody to improve. You know, I think sometimes coaches tend to focus on their top side too much, uh, you know, not understanding that, especially with rugby, it's a next man up scenario. Mm -hmm. So that, that second side, you should try to get to be at a very high level too, so you can improve them. But, you know, just, I, I feel like uh, as a coach, I, and this goes for wrestling too, is, you know, cause I, I mostly uh, coach the JV for wrestling. Um, just getting, getting kids to be proud of what they do and, and, mm. and to improve, you know, to, to, that they, in a, in a, in a way that they feel throughout the season, they feel that they've improved and they understand that they're, they're doing better than they were before. They might not be the top guy, but they're, they're getting better on their own. And, so I would say, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm kind of the big softy of a, of a coach, but you know, in, in some ways, and then in other ways, you know, like I, I'm going to push you pretty hard too. Um, but I, I, I have a, I have a, a big heart for people who are maybe not the best athletes or the best at any position, um, but trying to build them regardless of, of their athleticism and, and just, Hey, okay well, you're out here, so you want to improve. So I'm going to help you improve. Right. Um, and that, that kind of mentality I think is, is, has served me well as a coach, even at very high levels. Um, Cause I mean, we've, me and Scott have coached the terrors to a state championship uh, a few years back and we've been runner ups twice. And you know, we, we, I think every time we've coached, we've made the final four for the state, um, you know, so he, having that, I feel like in rugby it is a very good fit because of the mentality of next man up. You know, like you always want that second side to be just as good as the top side. Yeah. Um, but I, I feel like I, I carry that. I, I try to carry that into anything that I, you know, I, it's probably the teacher than me more than anything. Cause a math teacher, you, I certainly have people of all abilities in my classroom for sure, you know, and I want them all to improve, you know, they're not all going to go on to be engineers, but uh, I want them all to improve. So At least be competent, yeah. Competent, yeah. So uh, that you know, I I I would say what defines me as a coach is that I, I don't just look to the top side. I I try to I try to make everybody improve, you know. And I almost even I would say I even focus more on that that next man up than I do the top side guy because the top side guy is going to do pretty well with just the regular level of coaching. It's yeah. that it's that next man up that might need that little bit more, and then he is the guy, you know. So. Right. I, th I think focusing on, on improving um, and instead of wins uh, is, is kind of what I do. And that, you know, <laughs> that, that sounds kind of softish, but that's, that's, that's what I do. Well, with the consistent improvement, <laughs> the idea is wins, the wins will come too. The wins will come. The wins yeah, will come. Exactly. And if you develop your people, right. Which like, I mean, I can, I could give tons of examples of watching you. You had no, I mean, you had no obligation to help, the second side with the Grizzlies, but you were always out there, like either willing to play or willing to help out in whatever way possible. So like by the end of the day, you played, you know, uh, a hundred, you know, 60 minutes of, of rugby and yeah. and yeah. Okay. That's what's up. That's what we're doing. Probably 60 of them were good, but right. <laughs> but you were out there. I was out there. Yeah. I was out there. So you're talking a lot about being a coach, which is a good segue into my next question, which what are the biggest differences for you with being a player and being a coach? Um, you know, I, I, a player, it, it's tough to player coach. And I think you were here for a, at least a year when me and Cade were having to coach and play. Um, yeah. Yeah. That was like the first year I was there. It, it, it just takes your mindset into the wrong place. You know, as a player, you gotta, you gotta turn it on and have that extra grit as a, as a coach, you have to have a wider focus of the whole team 
whole team mentality. Um, you know, that's, that's player versus coach. And I would say, um, so Scott is, Scott has always said that, uh, cause he's coached, he's coached me for years and have coached with him with years for years. Uh, he says, uh, one thing that is good about having me on the field is I'm kind of a, like a sergeant. Like I know enough to fix things on the fly when things aren't going well. So I, I, I bring a little bit of coaching to still playing, especially in like mid game decisions of switching, you know, like, Hey, we're, we traveled with 17 guys. We're going to have to have <laughs> Mike Witter play prop or something like that. You know, yep. <laughs> making those on field decisions. Um, I, you know, I, a little bit of my coaching goes in that, but um, I feel like there, I mean, there is a big difference in those roles, uh, but being a coach, only helps me as a player uh, because it helps me understand the whole game one, you know, cause it, you coach the whole game. Um, but the second side of that is the decision-making piece that you have to do as a coach. If you can carry that on as a player, you can make some decisions right on the field, but it is tough to be a player coach. I will say that I, I don't yeah. like crossing the two paths is not my right. Favorite. <laughs> uh, so is it fair? Like, it sounds like, you know, being a coach, helps you when you're a player because you can sort of pull yourself back and sort of see the bigger picture instead of just being focused on like, okay, where do I need to be in the next breakdown? You're more looking at like the bigger picture of who, you know, who's struggling here, where they're, you know what I mean? And everywhere is that, does that sound about right? Yeah. And you know, like when you're captaining and you're having to make decisions like, uh, are we going to kick for touch or are we going to tap and go? Well, have we won any line, you know, like, you expanded a little bit. Well, have we won any lineouts? Well, if we haven't won any lineouts, well, we're not kicking for touch. Mm. Uh, we we got a bunch of beefy guys. Let's let's tap and go. You know, so mm-hmm. like making those decisions, you kind of have to step out of your own role. You know, as playing hooker for years, I would normally say, hey, let's go, let's go lineout because you know I'll, we'll stop and I'll throw it in and we'll win it. But you don't always have the hoppers you like, uh, right? But <laughs> uh, you know, if the other team has an amazing jumper and you've been losing all day, that's not a good decision. You got to kind of step out of your own position uh, to make a decision like that, and you know, and that's just a pretty small example. But that, you know, that's the idea. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. I, it's it's I I've never officially coached. I've done some small helping here and there, but I can see how it would help you kind of separate yourself a little bit because I find, you know, you get your eyes stuck in the wrong places sometimes as a player, For sure. but yep. with you, with having some extra perspective, it helps you kind of stay focused on, you know, the big picture. Uh, Cause well, as a coach, and, that's what it is. And you don't want to lose your warrior either. You know, you're, when your head's in the grit, you should be doing the gritty stuff. Uh, but when there's a decision to be slow down, you got to mm-hmm. kind of step out of your animal a little bit and be like, okay, what, what is the best right now for the team? What, what can, what decision do I do? Are we, uh, you know, do I take the scrum? Do we take the kick up or whatever, whatever it is. Yeah. Um, yep. Try to step out of that, that crazy mentality of ruck to ruck, you know, you got to, yes. you got to yeah. think a little bit and that, you know, like both are important. You also, you know, have a bigger understanding of getting to coach. I, and I encourage guys to get out and try to coach, uh, you know, especially, you know, you, you, you hit that 30 point and, and beyond. Um, think about coaching youth because they definitely need them. Um, uh, th- there is a shortage of youth coaches and referees for sure out there. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I have always loved coaching um, since I was a, since I was a, a kid. I, you know, I used to coach swimming and and uh, things like that. But uh, I've always loved it. So I, I might be the wrong person to talk to, but uh, I feel like <laughs> it, 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 it does, it helps you as a player, even if you're an active player, if you can get involved in the coaching somehow, it does expand your knowledge of the game. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I, I've been spoiled a little bit, you know, Scott Mears, yep. his, his coaching style is, is great. And his rugby knowledge is unreal. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The guy just, that's what he does all the time is watch rugby, watch rugby, watch rugby. So, I, you know, I've kind of got spoiled as a, as an assistant coach in, um, being an assistant coach, I was getting coached at the same time. It's like, Oh, that's why we do that. 
yeah I, I'm, I'm learning right along with the kids when you're an assistant coach and you have a high level coach like that it, it, it's pretty it's pretty unreal man playing but, with scott was awesome <laughs> i love playing with scott because a he was he was super feisty like he wasn't afraid to like get into it with somebody Ooh. but he was also he's an old super seven smart. man Oh yeah, God, he's been yeah. seven, but he's, he's he's played twelve and nine. You know, kind of the late part of his career, so he's still got that tactical piece. Yeah. You know, but he, you know, he started as as like a, a wild two and a seven. <laughs> I can see that, absolutely. So talking about youth rugby, I know it's something when we were kind of crossing paths a little bit about the podcast. You are feeling, you know, you're really passionate about. And I think something that I look at is where America is at. You know, we're still super far behind. Oh, yeah. All the the rest of the world, basically, with rugby, the you know, any of the European countries, the, the Islanders, all that. So, like, what can we do as a rugby community? Because at this point, there is a large rugby community within America, like as far as club, college, all that. Yeah. How can we build that youth uh, that youth community and what does that look like? What age, you know what I mean? Like, well, and, and I, I'm going to tell you straight up, it's, it's, it's tough not being a regular high school level sport, you know, like, uh, yeah, they, they play, the kids get to play, but it's not like a chassis approved sport that, that definitely hurts us. But um, you will see America start to be more and more competitive just because youth rugby has become more popular. It's, it's mm-hmm. not, it's not in the high schools really yet, you know, like actually in the high schools. It's a, it, you can play it at high school level, but it's not like football and baseball where you are playing for your high school. You know, um, I, I feel like that hurts us for sure. But um, already we're seeing like me and Scott, me and Scott have uh, coached for, uh, I mean, it's, it's been a few years, but we have already seen kids popping out on the college side that are, um, uh, uh, Eagle prospects, you know, mm. so because like, you know, I'm going to brag on Joe Russert and Joe Kamara a, a little bit. And well, and then they're going, they're going to be part of that pro league here another year. Um, they got, I think they got looked over in the draft for the pro league this year because they're both juniors in college and they both made it known that they were going to keep playing for their college side until they were done. But right. they were both asked to be a part of that draft this year um, for that pro league. But it, it, regardless, you're starting to see those guys that have played. So Joe, Joe Russert and Joe Kamara have played since they were in middle school. So it's kind of the same level of start. Like me and you got to start playing football when we were in middle school, mm-hmm. you know, and you see that mastering the sport. So all of a sudden guys who have that high rugby IQ aren't in their thirties. They're in their mid twenties. Right. You know, you get that extra time with, then you have the athleticism and the rugby IQ. Mm-hmm. That is, that's why we're not competitive internationally right now is our guys. We have great runners. We have great athletes. Uh, the Eagles, man, I've, I've played with a bunch of with and against a bunch of those guys and they are amazing. They're great. They don't compete on the international stage because we don't have that tactical kicking game. We don't have the nuances of the game because they haven't been playing their whole life. Like uh, other countries, you know, basically, you know, if you grow up in New Zealand, uh, if you're going to be a rugby player, your dad's a rugby player, you got boots on at age two or three and you're kicking around a little rugby ball, you know? And right. I, th- I think it is growing in the United States. It's, 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 it's definitely getting there and, and certain, certainly having uh, sevens be a part of, you know, I'm not, I'm no huge sevens fan because <laughs> I'm, I'm a front rower, but yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> having it be part of the uh, Olympics, you know, that, that upped the popularity in the United States. And already we're one of the more competitive seven sides. Yes. But uh, the sevens isn't the same chess match. That yeah. That re- it's is, more know? like pure athleticism for seven. It's just that pure, you know, you can get by just having stud athletes mm-hmm. and, you know, and, and America has stud athletes for Absolutely. sure. We got them for days. Um, but uh, I feel like, uh, getting that tactical side of it at a younger age is going to get us competitive. Cause if you look at our, the Eagles, they, they have played, you know, even uh, Todd Cleaver, I think he retired uh, clever. Uh, he, he had, he retired when he was like 35 and he's yeah. a flanker, you know, and that yep. that's unreal for other countries. They don't have flankers lasting that long. Um, so I, you know, I, 
I, I think what is going to help is building youth sports in America and or youth sports in general, but specifically rugby. Um, it, it's just going to make us more competitive, more yeah. and more competitive. And what we've done here in the Colorado Springs, and the reason we're starting to see our guys pop out on the other end and, and being a part of the draft for the pro league and, 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 you know, they're only 22 years old, these guys coming through. So uh, I, I feel like starting those guys started as we, we started. Well, I didn't start the team junior tigers. That was, that was all Scott and Amy, but that was, that was when they were youth. So that was a summer sevens program for youth. Um, and that starts as young as five years old. That's I was going to ask you about that because you said junior tigers and I immediately was like, is that like little kids? Oh, yeah. Those are the littles. Um, And that goes all the way right up to the high school. And um, and then and then they can be a part of the high school programs. But getting those little guys to play, even if they don't stick, you know, like a huge percentage of them are not going to stick with it. But that small percentage that play their whole life, those are going to be your very high level guys. Um, and, and I, I think it's happening. It's it, it certainly COVID's going to set us back a little bit. And I, my worry is, is what this return looks like. Uh, Cause we're already short on coaches and mm-hmm. referees mm-hmm. Uh, for youth, you know, like we got, we got plenty of coaches uh, for, for adult sports or for adult rugby, but um, for the, on the youth level, uh, there's not a lot of guys that step up and do that coaching. Um, and you end up with one or two guys doing it, but return from return to play with COVID all of a sudden you're going to have to have multiple coaches. Cause you're going to have to have um, broken groups of 10, right? To start, you know, like that this return to play the protocols, we don't have enough 200 level coaches to go around. You right. Know? So I, yeah, I highly recommend, and I know USA Rugby is in a shit show right now, but <laughs> um, I highly recommend getting that 200 level because you can you can do a lot with that 200 level coaching. Um, it, it it's what me being a 200 level coach is what keeps the Grizzlies legal year after year. I mean, we have mm. we have coaches kind of come and go a little bit, um, so I always register as a coach with the Grizzlies so that we always have a registered 200 level coach. Yeah, know, and it, um, and and just. It, it's good for your home club if you get it. And it's also good for being able to just help out with the youth. Um, you know, not everybody has to have a 200 level, but if you're going to run drills alone with kids, you have to have a 200 level. Um, so like if Scott and Amy um, want to run drills, you know, work with the backs and have somebody work with the forwards, there has to be a 200 level coach there working with the forwards. So mm. it's a real shortage of, of youth coaches, I feel like. Um, uh, and, and that hurts us because it, you know, it isn't the most popular. And sometimes the youth coaches you do get are, are dads who didn't play. And it's like when yeah. I was a kid and, and, and you're a little younger than me. So soccer was maybe more developed, but uh, I, my dad was one of my soccer coaches and he never played soccer ever. <laughs> you know? Oh, so, sure. Yeah. But they needed they needed youth coaches, and my dad was he just you know, did it. <laughs> he just did it. He's like, all right, well, I'll learn as I go. And so yeah. he and he did. He, he my, my dad read books to coach us in soccer when I was a kid. Yeah, you know, and I I I feel like that's one of the reasons I coach too. Is I've always my whole life I've 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 been blessed with having good coaches. You know, my dad was a good coach, but he, he and he and he coached me in uh, you know, YBL basketball and every 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 sport that we played as kids. My dad helped when we were little, but then as you get older, you know, he he left it to somebody else that was more qualified, but even even through middle school and high school, I've always had good coaches. And I think as I got older, I realized that the, you know, those guys weren't making any money to do that. They they did did it out of their heart, you know. So Right. I, I'm trying to pay it forward as a coach for sure. I, I love it too that, you know, it's not all pay it forward, but I, I will continue to coach because I, I, I feel kind of obligated. I feel like there are, I I've gotten, I've gotten so much good advice and so much good life advice outside of the sports that I played. Right. I've had such good coaches my whole life that, me not paying that forward would, would be, would be a shame, you know? So I, I, I recommend coaching. I, it, it'll make you feel good. It's <laughs> go sign up, get, get your 200. 
Do it now. Well, and I mean, that's how we grow the sport, right? We're talking about growing the sport, and that's that's how we do it. Is people who have played go and then also like you know pass on your knowledge to the the kids. So that brings on an int- if you had to if you had to make it really really simple for people who are listening who are like, oh yeah, like maybe uh, maybe I'll maybe I'll try to do this if they wanted to get into coaching whether it's high school or like maybe trying to do younger than that or whatever, what's the kind of like first step to doing that? Yeah. I, it, it, the, the hard part is the opportunities of the teams aren't built yet. So if you have a passion for it and you want to do it, you might have to make a team, you know, in some of these cities, they don't have any youth. They'll have a great men's program, but they don't have any youth rugby and getting your club involved in developing youth pays off. I've gotten the, the terrors. I've only talked about the kids that have played high levels from terrors. I've gotten to play with Toddick, um, Weedo, uh, a, a bunch of kids have come through the Grizzlies too. So yeah. it, it, it pays dividends for your men's club. So, you know, and, I, and, and I'm talking about coaching, like it, it needs to be a self-interested thing. Right. Uh, but it does, it doesn't need to be, but it, it still pays dividends to uh, certainly my first and foremost is my men's rugby club. I, I live and die with that. I love it, but getting to be able to coach and have uh, that going on. And then also having that being able to coach youth end up paying dividends for the men's club. Right. That's great. That's, that's exactly what we want. So the, what I would say, give advice for people who want to coach and there's not that opportunity is get your club, talk to your lead, talk to the administrators of your club about starting to fund. It can be small. It can start as, and I think that's how we started with the terrors. It was just uh, some clinics. We wanted to see who in the community was interested. So we did a couple rugby clinics and then a bunch okay. of kids showed up. Yeah. And then, and then all of a sudden, okay, well we have enough to maybe put aside in and then, and then you go through the USA rugby and set up putting aside and, and it just has to build small. So right. it, it can't just be, you know, I feel like coaching usually is just like, Oh yeah, I'll coach wrestling. There's already an established whatever going on. Sometimes with rugby, you have to be the person that helps establish it. Mm-hmm. And it, it should come through these small town clubs. Um, it's, it definitely needs to go through the men's club because that's where you have the expertise, right? You, you know, that you're otherwise you're, it, if it's going to start with the dads that don't play rugby, then you're not going to get very good rugby out of the deal. Um, it, it really needs to start with the men's club because you're, you're, you're pulling from the expertise. Right. So get with your, get with your local men's team that you're playing with and start putting on some camps and seeing where it takes you. Absolutely. And, and, and of course, if it's already established, just ask how you can help. And, yeah. and you might, you, you might not pop in and be, the top guy right away and, and you don't necessarily want to be, sometimes you want to just be like, Oh, I'll, well, I'll help coach rucking or I'll yeah, coach, yeah. You know, something that I'm good at. I'll you know, be the something. front row coach or whatever. <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> sure. You know, and that's mostly what I coach is type five stuff. Um, you know, like I don't, I, I, I have never been a head reg, rugby coach. Yeah. I, I have always been positional. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but I've done it at, pretty good levels you know i I've yeah. done it at collegiate level at the high school level i've done it all the way through yep um but it it, it definitely is it, it's a rewarding thing uh but you got to know that that opportunity is not necessarily just there to be taken you sometimes you got to create that opportunity to coach for sure yeah i love that i think that's a great message for anybody who's ever thought about it and i know that i've talked to other people even guys my age who have coached a college side, like one of my, he's actually the co-host of this podcast. He was the head coach of a college club when he was 25. And he said he did that for three years. And he said that was one of the most rewarding experiences of his life. And he'd, he'd love to do it again. Um, so you get to be those kids introduction to something that they're going to love for the rest of their life. And that, yeah, I mean, that's exactly what he said. He got to mold these kids who are 18 years old and yeah, I mean, it, it's definitely a pretty awesome thing. So that all being said, I we're going to wrap up with one more question here. Okay. It's a, it's a question we, we ask all of our guests, and we always get some of the best answers. And 
man, you've already had some like really awesome answers to some, some of these questions. So <laughs> the question is simple. What does being a warrior mean to you? Being a warrior is fighting for something beyond yourself. Mm. You're, you're part of something. There's not, it's not a lone wolf thing. You being a warrior is you being very good and fighting at, at something you're specifically good at. So you're a part of something and it, and, and you have to do it to the best because other people are dependent on you. That's what being a warrior is all about, man. That's awesome. I, I just have, I got nothing else to say. That was, that was exactly what I hope. Just if I could have, if I could have had it perfect, it would have been that. Love it. All right, man. Well, that's all I got for you. And I got to say, I'm super grateful that you were able to, to do this and hook up and get on the podcast. Cause I think yeah, that yeah, I, I always really, I looked up to you when I was with the club and I knew that you had so much knowledge that needed to be shared with our following and who, I mean, whoever, whoever, I know you, you do this all the time, but it means a lot that you took the time to do this. So thank uh, you. Hey, thanks for asking me to be a part of it. I appreciate it. Yeah. Do you have uh, any final words? For the people of the interwebs. Uh, go coach. <laughs> go coach. <laughs> go coach. All right, man. It was awesome talking to you, and let's do it again soon. Oh, hell yeah, man. Good talking right. to you, Corey. Peace out, brother. See ya. To all you ruggers and to all you warriors out there thank you for tuning in and listening to the podcast remember we are here with you along your journey to break that gain line to score that try or to make that game saving tackle make sure you find us on instagram at rugby warrior podcast and you can listen to us anywhere you listen to your podcasts so until next friday We are the Rugby Warrior Podcast, and we are with you.